Hello, this is Jim Barton. I'm here with Reverend Abigail Conley. And this is another episode of Bloody Mary Bible Brunch. So, this is our sort of current events, um, uh, our current events section. And we decided this year we were going to try to not just talk about the dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. And so, today um, we're talking about how pleased we are at seeing sort of a concerted political response to some of the wickedness in the world. And most specifically, I'm thinking about, um, you know, Right now, we have in Arizona um, three ballot measures that deal with important things. Interest of full disclosure, the first two. I happen to be the um, lawyer who's uh, on these campaigns, so it's, it's a little bit twisted that I would raise them up as uh, God's work in the world, but hey, what are you going to do? So we have a ballot measure to increase the amount of renewable energy used by our utilities. We have a ballot measure to raise money for teacher salaries and for school classrooms. And then we have a ballot measure, which I am not a part of, to block the use of vouchers, which I think is an unjust system where the, where the uh, state government pays for um, the, frankly, wealthy kids to, to, to get their tuition paid. Um, we also are seeing a record number of women and a record number of women of color on the ballot. All good news, right, Abby? Right. Right. And I would say especially... The clean energy part is just kind of a no-brainer here in Arizona. It's my personal feeling where we have over 300 days of sunshine. Why on earth we do not just have solar everything is beyond me. Right, right. So, okay, so so that's good stuff that is happening. Um, Also, we have the Poor People's Campaign, which is going on across the country, which is another example of sort of political activism, frankly, but in the name of Jesus. And I don't know, Abby, if you want to talk a little bit about what we've seen with that. Yeah, so Reverend Dr. William Barber, who is a disciples pastor in um, North Carolina, is making all kinds of headlines now for essentially re-upping the work of Martin Luther King um, to say not necessarily purely race and segregation driven, but about the fact that we screw over the poor and we do it in intentional, systematic ways, including access to education, unfair wages, all of these different things that we continue to do to the people who can least afford to take the hit, essentially. And frankly, what we are seeing is the underfunding of public schools, the um, underfunding of health care, all that stuff is happening in the context of all that stuff also is a product of an unjust society. Right. And the underfunding of any assistance programs to help if you are um, in need. Because at one point, prior to several administrations back in the 70s, if you needed a safety net, there was actually one there. At this point, if you actually need cash assistance, you can get about $200. One of the really important things to to me is that these are questions of justice not of charity mm-hmm. so for example we're doing our part at chalice of like trying to do loans that are going to be reasonable interest loans small 500 dollars loans to people and that should be available anyway like in other words it it's right for that to be available right a it's, system that charges a thousand percent is by in, is inherently immoral right there, there's no way around that in the same way you and i talked earlier this week a system that means you work a full-time job and you can't afford a decent place to live is inherently immoral. Right. So, um, so I feel good about seeing the poor people. This, the poor people's campaign, though, and the greater uh, interest on the ballot is not the first time that we've seen um, Christians acting in um, 
for the common good. So I think you were naming some other actions that really are the result of uh, the Christian movement. So one of the things that I named specifically, because um, you know I grew up in a fundamentalist tradition, and I remember missionaries visiting, and this was always about Bible studies and converting, and in those cases raising money to continue to support the work. And it's very interesting, moving into mainline Protestant world, moving into more progressive circles, missionary works become becomes about seeking the common good for a community that needs it. Um, and so doing things like building a well, um, which if you have a well, instead of relying on surface water, it means you can stay in one place, which means yeah. you can your kids can access education, which means all of these other things that get fixed by a well. Offering education is one of the other very real parts of missionary work in those places. Because people who are literate fare better. If you right. increase the education level of women in a society, right. you increase the wealth say, of that particular, society. Particularly women, right. a, if, if you increase it. Yeah. yeah. Um, because women tend to put more money into their communities and raise things like... Um, and recommit to that community right. in a very different way. Medical clinics, mm -hmm. another example of where we see missionaries now, we call missionaries a social world service and things like that, that are doing positive, long-lasting impact in the society. Right. Because they're giving the society the very basic things that it needs. Yeah. And, you know, it is such a difference for us who see those rejection. I mean, vaccines are up for debate in our culture. Right, right. And... We're talking about trying to invest in public education when other places are longing for any sort of education. And right. we'll get their kids there if there's any way they can. Yeah. Um, which is such a very different sort of thing. And we forget that narrative of the common good. And I think this is where, especially with conservative Christianity, if it becomes your faith is always about, well, what's in it for me and how am I saved? And let's talk about my personal relationship with Jesus. Right. That's bullshit. Right. That is not. That is a personalized, Americanized view of Christianity. Yeah. And our history is we care about the common good. We care about what's good for all of us, and especially we care about what's good for poor people. Right. And the church has cared about it for a long time. Right. So, you know what? Let's just. Uh, I'm gonna do something weird here. Let's loop this because I'm not. I'm worried that we didn't get the poor people's campaign before. Okay. So let's now. We've talked about what we're doing abroad. Let's talk about what's coming home. Okay. So we have a poor people's campaign going on right now, which is um, Reverend Barber is doing, I think it's in 40 different states, mm -hmm. is doing 40 days. I think Arizona is not one of the 40. I don't remember. I think we're on, I think we're out. Yeah. We must be set. No, too much work to do. Anyway, so we're not, anyway, there's 40, 40 states, 40 days, and it is recognizing the church's role as addressing um, the needs of the poor, particularly what Dr. King did, Dr. Martin Luther King did in the 60s in taking his movement to go beyond just racial injustice right. to talking about economic injustice as well. And so that's a pretty exciting thing that's happening. It is. And um, I think it's also for white progressive people is in some ways a new narrative. Because if you're at the top of the food chain, you didn't, you ha didn't have to develop the really good narratives about mm -hmm. what are we doing and how are we organizing ourselves because we weren't the people who needed organizing. Right, right. Now, we're the people who can get stuff done because we have the power, but that hasn't right. been that hasn't been clearly communicated within, I think, white churches and especially even progressive churches. Right. And I think that's what's something about the Poor People's Campaign is really sort of focusing on this is what has to get done. Right. This is real life. Mm -hmm. This is real life. And so I think that 
and the fact that it's you know led by uh, a black pastor doesn't hurt anything as far as that idea of there being value in sort of looking at this from a different perspective. Right. Which is the other thing that we celebrated, which is that there are, we think that in this upcoming year there's going to be more women, and particularly women of color, running for office than there ever have been. And that is a good news. And frankly, if that's a reaction to the dumpster fire, then, you know, praise God, right? I mean, that's a very valuable thing. Right. Because you don't know, I mean, one of the things, when I see a lot of nonsense on Facebook or nonsense and, you know, there's also a lot of white nationalists running. Mm -hmm. And I saw some interviews this morning with them. They're starting from a skewed perspective. And so, frankly, by making our legislatures more diverse and making them including women, women of color, other minorities, I mean, I think that is a way that we can really respond in a positive way to get the government back on track. Yeah. So you and I heard Reverend Barber's preach not that long ago, right. last summer. Yes. Um, and... Um, one of the you got to stand your ground when backing down is not an option. Right. Two of the women, though, that he named as ushering in the good things were yes. Shifra and Pua. Mm -hmm. And those are the names of the midwives who um, saved the Hebrew children. They're the Hebrew midwives in the story of Exodus who didn't kill the babies. Right. Very, pretty moderate act of um, support there. <laughs> right. We're not going to kill you. But it also is interesting that you know those were women of color women right. of color in a system that didn't give them power and yet they had all the power they needed to right. cause an uprising and those are the things that the poor people's campaign and the gospel points us to it is never the seats of power where the actual power is right it is always the story of god right right and we also talked about the even the the when at time the prophets had to speak truth to power and the prophets had to say, there's an evil king in place. I'm going to be the manifestation of God in this place. And they have to sort of speak up. And we have that, too, in, honestly, I mean, it's a little crass because I'm the lawyer on these campaigns. But we have, you know, three ballot initiatives that are running that are doing just that, where power has gone in the wrong direction and the citizens are pushing back. So there's this Save Our Schools, which is an effort to get rid of vouchers in Arizona or to block vouchers from coming into play. I'm not the lawyer on that, but I think it's a good, people should vote no on that. Okay. It's confusing. The committee put it on the ballot and then they want you to vote no on it. And even as a church, we can tell you to vote no on it because this is an issue, not a person. That's right. It's lobbying, actually. Yes. It's lobbying. So that's right. It's not a person. That's right. right. Your 501c3 status is okay. Yep. Insubstantial part. Right. Free legal advice going out over the podcast. <laughs> then the, um, the other two I am the lawyer on. One is Invest in Ed, which is to raise money for teachers. And the other is the Clean Energy for a Healthy Arizona, which is to use more renewable energy in Arizona. And I mean, these aren't ripped from the pages of the Bible, I understand that. But they are examples of the citizenry standing up and saying they're going to take the lead where the government fails to. So that's something to celebrate. It is. Um, and you know, we are lending space as a church to invest in Ed, to let people drop off ballots or petitions and have them notarized to get it on the ballot. And um, the last couple of weeks, I've seen the people doing that. And, you know, they're school teachers. Right. There are people out there saying, we're going to do even more. Right. We're going to do even more right. and try to keep this going. Yes. Um, it is very interesting to see the not the people in power, but instead women all around. Right. Saying we're going to do something different. Yeah. It's exciting. And, and it, yeah, it's very cool. And I think education is a real justice issue. Mm -hmm. And so I do think... Even though, like I said, it's a little bit like not ripped from the pages of the Bible, but 
I do think the pursuit of education is the pursuit of justice, and that is ripped from the pages of the Bible. So, all right. Well, this was a little bit of a loopy loop uh, round of a of a podcast. I think we got it on the second time. So um, I think that's a that's a good place to stop. Anything else before we sign off? That's it. All right. Until next time. Cheers.